and we're live hi guys welcome to an episode of an Indian sports fan podcast i'm your host david and uh, well what a weekend of football i mean the only positive i could i have or i was able to just get or gather from the weekend whichever way to express myself is the fact that arsenal dropped points i mean and you know dropping points uh, when you have man city as your challenger uh, it's never a good idea or it's not really something it's not looking good breath let's put it that way <laughs> so today's episode we're gonna um, talk about that um the game between arsenal and liverpool yesterday which was basically the game of the weekend um, we're gonna talk about the top four race um how, what that result means for the premier league title race and then we're gonna talk about chelsea something something happened at chelsea or something started happening at chelsea during the midweek and i gave my thoughts on that but i will talk about that in this episode and um, all of that and some more football. So without further ado, let's have the episode. Okay, so we're starting randomly. So I will start with the, the sports game because that's the one because of the controversy surrounding that game. I mean, I I mean yes, obviously referees. I mean you all know my thoughts about refereeing in Premier League. It's always I've always been consistent with this. I believe we have issues with um, competence, competent referees in Premier League. And I've given I've had a whole segment where I just dedicated dedicated I dedicated an entire segment to talking about my own concerns about it and my own views on it. I talked about how you know the fact that very you know, we're going to, we're just going to have incoming referees because not everybody grows up wanting to become a referees, want to become referees, right? So you have people who grow up wanting to become footballers, so they go out there and they want to be the best at it because they love it, right? I'm not saying people don't love refereeing, but let's be real. How many under 10s will you meet and say, be the referee? How many will you meet? But anyways, I had a segment of that for some time ago, but most recent um, show of incompetence, I mean, even though there's one every weekend, I mean, even though there's one every weekend, at least one or two every weekend, probably at least ten every weekend, or the most recent high-profile one that everybody is talking about is the Spurs Brighton game. And listen, I find it quite amusing that everybody's acting like Spurs are benefiting from, oh Spurs, um, referees, Spurs are is a, a big six advantage, one of the big six advantage. Spurs have been, I mean, hold your horses, calm down, because I remember very well as a Spurs fan. Being on the receiving end of most refereeing decisions than anybody else. In fact, compared to the other big six, right? I would argue that sports suffer it the most. Maybe because sports don't have the big enough fan base to be vocal about it. Large enough fan base to be vocal about it. Or maybe sports don't just say, okay, fine, we've had too much. Let's just get it on, you know? Let's move on. Because I remember okay, let me give you a random example off the top of my off the top of my head, random examples, right? 2005 or 2006 Ado Trafford, Roy Carroll was in goal for Manchester United. Pedro Mendes scores, scores, basically he scored the goal from the halfway line. Roy Carroll scoops the ball out of the, out of the goal, and the referee didn't give it as a goal. It's a goal. Ado Trafford, scores against Manchester United, away from home, two 0 loss. Right, Nani scoring the second goal. The second goal Nani scored was very controversial. Referee decisions, you know, it was, it was in Gomez very controversial. On that incident involving Gomez again, Spurs against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Gomez stops the ball on the line. Referee gives it as a goal. Spurs against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, Spurs, the ball didn't even cross the line. There was a, there was like this argument in, in the line. It didn't even cross the line. I think it was Kulichini that was in goal for Spurs. It was it Klattenberg that was a referee. Give it as a goal. That's randomly. Okay, now let's go most recently, right? 
um, Spurs versus Sheffield United. I remember very well. Mora was going to ground, wanted to wanted to prevent himself from falling, right? Because he was pushed by the Sheffield player, he was fouled. While he was dreaming, he was fouled by them, and he was falling to the ground and trying to shift, you know, trying to support himself while he was falling. His hands were stretched and he fell. Now I think it was Sanderberger, Sanderberg or something. One of these Sheffield players blasted the ball against Mora. It hit the back of his arm. I think the upper shoulder. That's where it's. But it didn't really hit his shoulder. It hit the back of his arm, like the upper area of his shoulder, the upper area. Right, hit his arm. Forced to Kane, Kane, Kane scores 2-1. Now, very important result, very important period of the game because if Sports scores that, if Kane scores that 2-1, Sports could have a chance to, the momentum of the game switches and Sports have a chance to equalize and probably even win the game, right? Then happen. Guess what? Rudolph's handball. And it made no sense why because there was no way Mora could have taken his hand away. So, they said there was a um, handball. Go gets Rudolph. And pro- that probably, even though, listen, I have my, I don't think, even though I was, I'm very angry at sports, but you can, even if you, you can also be very factually saying that such decisions can actually alter the psychology of the game, psychology of the players, right? That, that That's just random. So, when people tell me sports are benefiting from referees, I'm like, what are you saying? It makes no sense. Oh, is the English captain, Hurricane. I've never seen a, a bigger, like this, this narrative is so, is so false that people just, I think many people know it's a lie, but many just run with it. And there are ignorant people in that circle who see, believe it, even though countless evidence have shown you that it is absolutely not true. And this is that every single thing, see, everything is allowed in football until when sports, a sports player does it. And everybody starts assuming. Hurricane, for example, when his face was basically that picture, basically, I even saw it multiple times. That was horrible, right? Most of people who were actually criticizing Kane for actually going down. Would, would not probably even go to ground if it's done to them. I think it was the career and on Kane, right? That incident where his arm was all over Kane's face. Kane forced to the ground. Everybody says, Oh, English captain is play acting. He's not what I want to get it. Because I remember there are games where I've seen certain opposition players. What was this guy's name? Um forgot players. Even yesterday, Jesus was diving right? <laughs> yesterday. I think Martinelli was diving. So that is play acting, right? Okay, fine, that one is so far. There was another game, I can't remember which game was this. Um, was this like a man game or so? I think it, it, it touched the players. Was it was it a game? I think it was it was this guy, Elmanda, right? Even though people call it a disgrace, everybody moved on pretty quickly, right? It was Elmanda, I'm not sure Elmanda, I think basically touched the and the force. But even apart from just Elmanda, there are other situations where I've seen where players, like you, br- you brush their face a bit and then they go to ground. You brush the player's face to ground and he goes to ground. Referee sends the player off. Everybody talks about it, but for, after that day they move on. But Kane's own, they still talked about it even even yesterday in the Liverpool game. I saw references to the game again to, to Kane again. You know, so it makes no sense. Now yesterday and this, uh, the weekend game against Brighton, sports against Brighton, sports win that game two one. Listen, you know my thoughts on the whole thing, right? Sports, my thoughts on the whole top and how sports are like. I do not like watching sports, and I even missed the game, which I'm sort of grateful to God that I did because everybody who told me that everybody who watched the game where they sort of regretted it because it was it was um, <laughs> their hearts were in their mouth their heart was in their mouth but that being said right what i find quite amusing is you know um sports fans being surprised that the playing style is quite similar to under conti right it's the same personnel don't get it to the same personnel there are two things the same personnel one two there is both players and coaching staff because it's just like you just took away conti and just left his, his backroom staff it's, just, it's the same thing. It's the same mentality. They're not going to play differently from how their boss already does. Now, if Mason is the manager, I can understand there's a difference. But there's no difference there. So what are we? What are we? What are we? Te- 
are you gonna keep kidding yourself? Are you gonna keep are you gonna keep deceiving yourselves that it is not that that's not what's that's not that's not the case here? And the other thing that amuses me also is when it's the same devil of defenders, the same kind of defenders, and the same midfielders, the same basically the same. You know, so you are, you are surprised that they are playing on the back. But let me touch on the incident in the game. So sports one two one. It's not an incident in the game, right? So the first the I think um Leicester sorry, I think sports took the lead first. Kane Son scores. Then um Leicester equalized, Lewis Dunk, and then sorry, Brighton. I keep saying Brighton, Brighton sorry, equalized, then Louis, Louis Dunk heads in. Which I want to talk about Loris also. That goalkeeping was so bad. Why was he behind his line? He was behind the line. You know, like Loris was behind the line. So even if let's say the, let's say Loris, let's say the, the ball goes right, let's say he was in Loris's side and Loris punches the ball. Probably would have been given as a goal because Loris was in the goal line, so there was inside her behind the goal line. Sorry, so even if even if that was the case, it would have been given anyway. So, what kind of goalkeeping was that, <laughs> Loris? Okay, well, now this the other condition is then the game was the second goal Brighton scored, so it was handball, and then they gave it, they, it was um, it was going in. Warbeck he shoots the ball, then the Brighton player was running in that direction, and then he touches the Brighton player's hand like a deflection and scores. People said, well, they ruled out for ruled out was a said it was it was not a goal, right? Because handball. I don't know why, why anybody is debating that. Listen, let me be real here. As much as the game had incom- level, severe level of incompetence from the, from the officials, right? I cannot understand why everybody trying to debate that this thing, this that particular incident is not. Is not is, is not that it, that decision was not correct because it was his hand he basically scored with his hand basically he helped the ball into it the aim is that you don't you don't yes i know his arm was close to his body and all that but i mean if he was to score a goal even if his arm is close to his body like t-rex arms right his arm was close to his body and he pushed into it it's a it's not a goal it's handball he scored it with his hand basically he scored that goal with his hand so i don't know why anybody's like beating that but the real ones i can talk about here that i think they were wrong the one on mitoma Hoybeer, that should have been a penalty for Mitoma. Hoybeer basically, um, I think he's, he misses the ball, misses the ball, and then Mitoma really touched that. Then it basically scratches Mitoma's leg. Scratch is a very is a mild way to put that. It is <laughs> a mild way to put it. You know, but he did, and it was a bit of a penalty. It wasn't given. I was surprised that it wasn't given as a penalty when I was watching the highlights again. There was that one where there was a free kick. I think Longley was pulling the shirt. Was it Mitoma was pulling somebody's shirt? It wasn't given as a penalty. And this is what VR was supposed to check. That this is and then Kane goes down and Kane scores. Listen, that is one of the most undeserved victories I've seen for <laughs> on so far in this season. I probably say in, I, since I started watching sports, that's probably one of the most, if not the most undeserved victory. But the good the positive here is this, right? Kane is on, on 206 goals, so he's very likely to finish the season. He's very likely to catch up with Rooney. Rooney is second with 208 goals. Kane is very likely to catch up with Rooney. Probably this season, my even surpass when I get to 211 this season. So you have Alan Shira, who is ahead of him. Alan Shira is the is in two is on 260. I think 260 exactly. He was ahead of Kane. So that's who Kane is. So Kane is inching closer and closer to um, his person the last personal achievement. And Son scoring 100 league goals. Um, f- first Asian to score 100 league goals. First Asian. I mean 120 city appearances. He has Asian with the highest appearance. I mean this is a big deal. Right, first one to also win the golden boot. This is a these are big deals, right? Because 
you know, and apart from yes, Son didn't win trophies with Spurs that which and which annoys me because when I think about it, I think about I just get angry at the ownership and how they've not they didn't really do enough to really back these players to help them out in situations where they should have they needed help like semi-finals, cup games, all these kind of matches where could have helped the players, but it didn't really help them out by bringing in proper reinforcements, right? But that being said, let's talk about the positive here, right? With Kane, Son, you know, see. Premier League has always been this is very diverse, right? Let's say in the early in the nineties, for example, was when you started seeing foreign imports, right? So um, I think some of the first few, obviously they were not the first, but in the Premier League, I mean there were there was Cantona in the early nineties, there was um, there was Yeboa, there was um, Phil Masinga, there was Lucas Radebe, Leeds, this is from Leeds United. There were um, um, oh, I don't know some of the, these names. I don't know. I could relax and then I, they come like Philip Albert. Juninho in the 90s you know players were coming to the Premier League right foreigners and different cultures but when I mentioned all these guys I didn't really mention any Asian footballer right even though he has Afro, but Asian footballers are still stepping in but over the years it is over the years it was slowly and slowly but you know there was really no one that was ever con JS Park was already one that was but as United, he wasn't really a starter and he was more of a utility player for them than, you know, so he could not really, he wasn't really a starter for me. Hard working, wasn't really a starter. Obviously, he won a lot of trophies, right? Now, even though Asia has produced a lot of good footballers, I mean, you're looking at Honda, Kesuke Honda, right? And there's um, this other guy, I don't know, some of their names, I don't remember them on the sports. I don't know why I don't remember these names on the sports, but I could realize and then they come to my head. Honda is the one that comes to my head the most first, right? But they've had players, they've had Honda. In the league also, there's this other player I can't remember. I just can't remember his name. I think he retired very early. There's this Japanese player I can't remember very early. In Premier League also, they've had Shinji Okazaki. They've had Kagawa. You know, players who have come in to Premier League. JS Park, you know. Uh, Miyachi. I think this guy plays for... Play one came through Arsenal. There's another one called them for sports also that played for sports. Another, I think that one played for sports. I think, so they've, been play, they've had imports, but they've not, none of them have really had the kind of achievements that Son have had. I would argue that, or rather I would say that a lot of those ones, in fact, in foreign, foreign imports in Premier League, the ones who actually come in, most of them are more of like setting the foundation for the next ones that come in. So I would say that these other ones I mentioned earlier probably came in and set the foundations, right? Sort of wet the ground, sort of felt the depth of the water and then, you know, others to come in and try. And now you have someone like Son who has come in and done a lot. Now Mitoma, it was, that game is only big like some versus Mitoma, right? But if you look at that game, I think it's one where you would say, you would say Mitoma is probably the one who, who is very likely, the way things are going, right? It's very likely to be like Son. Probably, I, I probably, I don't think maybe my guess is achievements, but it's one of those who's very likely to, maybe not, maybe not score as much as 100 goals because Son is more of a finisher. I mean, seriously, it's really cold. And the XG was around, 76 so son scored more than his xg it's like i mean most of if you look at his goals you you will not be surprised about the xg why it's like that but it's a good achievement right it's a good achievement and whether obviously son didn't win a lot of silverware but i think this comes down to questions right js park versus son which career would you prefer right obviously js park lot of silverware lots and lots and lots but never really obviously respected yes but never doesn't really have that kind of I would say what Son currently is in terms of the appeal, global, global. I'm not saying that he's, I'm not saying PS Plus, obviously, I'm not saying just like it's bad or anything, but I'm saying if you compare both of them, when you think about Son, you think of JS Park, the way you think is very different. Personal achievements with Son, love personal achievements, 
for himself, for Asia. I mean, 100 league goals. The Golden Boot thing is no small feat for you know for for the continent for their continent, right? So it comes down to questions, right? If you're a son, you're a starter, you're winning, but you didn't win a lot of silverware teams, but you had a lot of personal achievements, right? Now with JS Park, didn't win you, you did you won a lot of silverwares and all that. I mean I'm not saying it's a bad player, I'm just saying comparison comparing the way their careers have looked like so far. It's about it's a great achievement for Son. I think it is. Hopefully, if he doesn't leave sports, hopefully I hope sports can get get him a silverware. We really you know, because it's one of those just the dice if sports take the cup game seriously, because I don't understand why sports and games cups and you don't take it as seriously as you should. You know, that's what I have very, very big issues with that. But that's what that conversation for another day. But a good achievement. Also in the game, I also remember also there was a handball also in situations. I think it was a handball by sports. I can't remember the player, it was a handball. I think it was Perisic. It was a handball in the box. Should have been a penalty, it wasn't given. So Brighton had a lot of decisions. Now, in the game, there was uh, there was this uh, the, this little you know, exchange or pretty close to a fight. basically fights. Not literally fight, but it was I would say a fight, they had to be pulled out together. Dijebi and Stellini, right? So the Google got sent off for it. And the point is Dijebi started it, but Stellini getting sent off was quite surprising. It reminds me of uh, was it I can't remember the season that was or the time that was what game was that there was one year comes okay yeah, it was a, it was chelsea Conte versus tukel tukel goes to the other side starts trouble tukel gets sent off Conte gets sent off right by the referee then there was a, they reviewed it and then rescinded Conte's red card and then tukel's one was left to stand you know so Bro, I mean it's quite similar here. I, I was Stellini's was probably gonna be rescinded because I don't think it's much like it, but we'll see if it will. Maybe sports will appeal, maybe they won't. If either way, you're probably gonna see Messi on, on the touchline. Listen, and, and I don't know. There's nothing to really force versus for the rest of the season, there's really nothing. You know, and it annoys me because I just do not care about how it goes anymore. Because the appointment, you know, the fact that you know, if you look at it, the football is boring, it's turgid, you know, I know that I was willing to Wait till the end of the summer, and then, but for me, if, you, if you're gonna sack Conte, and, and I was never Conte, but if you're sacking Conte, and was he getting the same, that same thing, I mean, then it made no sense why you should. You're just stuck with a guy, and then in the summer, reinvest and bring in the players that will play a system. But now you're just saying, okay, fine, or you're letting finish the season, anyways. But I mean, it just made no sense. But that's my turn on that one. Speaking of another manager that got sacked, um, or another club that replaced manager. Chelsea sacked Graham Potter and then brought Frank Lampard. I mean, I've always, I mean, I made fun of that decision. I thought, I, I think that was, I always thought that was a bad decision. Personally, I always thought it was. Still think it is. And they lost the game against Wolves. Um, Nunez scoring the winner for Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, when you when you get a new manager, you're supposed to get a new manager bounce, right? But Lampard just goes to his first game and loses it, which is <laughs> it's very surprising. There's no new manager bounce for for Chelsea. <laughs> So the banter continues. I've seen, I spoke to Chelsea fans, Chelsea fans were talking about winning Champions League. I was like, yeah, if you, you should, I mean, you have stuck with Potter the rest of the season. But that being said, now Chelsea have lost this game. I think a lot of Chelsea fans, their morale is probably going to be low. And I don't think any, anyone who's expecting Chelsea to win Champions League is probably very hopeful. I would probably say wishful thinking. Because, uh, <laughs> bro, man, it was so funny. It's just so funny to just witness this whole thing happen in real time. And, a lot of Chelsea fans will argue that, well, um, Boley has come in and destroyed the work done by Abramovich over the years, which is true, because the decision making that they've, they've, their decision making since Boley has 
been in charge has not really been very good. I mean, decision to sack Tuchel mid-season, right, and then bring in Potter. Now, bringing in Potter is not the problem, right? It is, even though I think I never thought it was going to work. It's not a problem. It is, since you've made that decision, you have to stick with it no matter what. And then middle of the season, you chicken out and then you sack Potter. So it just has, and then, there's, yes, there's this plenty money. There's so much influx of players, but you just get that vibe that it's like, it's like they're figuring it out as they go, as they go. They're figuring it out as they go, and that is, doesn't really look very good. I mean, obviously, as a fan of, as a person who doesn't like Chelsea, I mean, let's be real, that is, uh, <laughs> that is good to witness. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting to see how Lampard navigates the rest of the season. It's a short-term deal. It's gonna go the way I expect it to go, and um, which is I don't expect them to do well. I, I they probably may finish bottom half the way it's going. But we'll see. I mean, because back then, Chelsea used to have somebody to come steady the ship every time. It was goose hitting. We just come in mid-season, steady the ship, the rest of the season, and then they appoint somebody in the summer. Now, I don't know why. Maybe goose hitting has retired. I don't know. But that person is not available. And um, as it stands, you know, they have to manage Lampard, which, you know, I don't know, man. It's going to be surprising. I'm, I, the way it ends, I have a, a picture in my head of how I expect this thing to end for Chelsea. But... They may end up, you know, doing well, and we'll, but we'll see about that. But the way it stands, it's very, it's very, very likely that it will not end very well for Chelsea. This is, I'm just saying, you know, just where I said. Well, that's my thoughts. That's just my thought. And then, then Man City put four past um, um they put four past Southampton. Um, it it wasn't really a surprise that they, they beat Southampton four one. I think Southampton are not really very, they've not been very, very good. I think they're in a relegation dogfight, so it's kind of an expected result. Not that Southampton, obviously, not that Southampton cannot have a day where they just turn up and then they give you a problem. But Southampton are known; they are not so far. They've not really been very good. It's one reason why I was very, I wasn't really happy about the fact that Spurs drew there and the fact that Spurs threw away a three-one lead. I mean, probably Man City were probably scared of that happening when they, I think because Southampton when they made it three-one, the way they had, it was in Mara, the way the guys ran in and picked the ball up, it's like he was thinking, okay, we've done it before, we're probably gonna do it again. And Man City made sure to just put the seal it with the fourth goal. I think it was a penalty. Alvarez, Julian Alvarez scoring it because at that time Haaland already gone. Haaland, who had already scored two goals, scored a header and scored an overhead kick, which was fantastic. And now he's on 30 league goals. He's four goals away from breaking the Premier League record because the Premier League record is, is te- no, it's one from breaking Premier League record. So let, let, let me explain, right? So there's 31 goals and there's 34. 34 league goals was when the Premier League there were 24 teams I think there were 24 teams in the Premier League or 22 I think there were 24 there were like extra 14 in the Premier League when it first started so 34 league goals in that league season that kind of league season format Alan Shearer 31 league goals in in the normal the, the format that we're used to which is the current um, 20 team format we're currently used to that's 30 league goals 31 league goals, sorry, 32 league goals, sorry. It was Alan Shira with 31. 32 is with um, this guy, Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah is one with 10. So, Haaland is two goals away from breaking that one. And also, three. Um, I think about three goals away, or, or sorry, four goals away from breaking the Alan Shira one. So, there are two records he could break. And the, I think yeah, like, it's like eight games to go. Eight or nine games to go. I mean, let's be real. With the way he's scoring, he could, score, I mean, he could, get, he could basically get that record done in... Tied up in the net. If he scores a hat trick, I mean, he's scoring four goals in a game for Haaland is kind of a, it's kind of exp- it's not really something that you so you'll be shocked at. I mean, he could wrap it up before the season runs out, and you know, he probably ha- I probably set a new one. Oh my God, this guy could get 36. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
but it's um i mean this guy is going to do a lot of things to the goal scoring record that to the goal to the goals like to goals he's going to do a lot of things damage to the goals that a lot of persons would just not be uh, be happy about you know but <laughs> it is what it is but yeah um now let's go to liverpool game see, liverpool's us now two to draw liverpool started this game very poorly at anfield and i was kind of expecting liverpool to win this game because i was thinking well they're at home at Anfield, the cards and everything. I mean, at Anfield, this is they've always been good. I mean, they push, they push Manchester United. Man City have gone there, failed to win. Um, they've been beaten. Man United went there, very soundly beaten. You know, so they've they've gone. There. Obviously, they drew against um, Chelsea. I think it was a one-all draw, a goalless draw. But I think it was a goalless draw. It was a goalless draw. But you know, you would argue that Anfield has been a really strong. I mean, although Leeds had the one there earlier in the season, but overall, you know, going to Anfield, you already know that that's what you're going to expect, right? Then to see Martinelli basically score so easily and then provide an assist, I think under six minutes or under ten minutes, score Martinelli scores and then provide an assist for Gabriel Jesus. I mean, I was like, oh my god, why are you guys so bad? I mean, you are ruining my whole. And you see my Arsenal supporting friends, they were feeling happy, feeling themselves. And then Salah scores to make it 2-1. And then Salah gets a penalty, which very unsurpri- very su- surprising, surprisingly missed the penalty, rules it wild, wide. And she made it 2-2. And then then he um if came comes on and scores to make it 2-2. But on the Salah penalty thing, eh, it was it's very surprising if you've not really been following because you know, it's um, most people don't really follow Liverpool's other smaller matches. But I think the last penalty he played, he also missed it against Bournemouth. I think it's something that maybe people should be to worry about. But if he if he scores the next one, maybe. But I'm, I think if you miss two on the bounce, you know, what does it do to you psychologically? I'm curious to see. But we will see how Salah, you know, weathers this uh, mini storm if that's the case. Because you know, two on the bounce, you know, it's, it's like it's very scary. Because if you miss one, your aim is to get the next one in. And then this one to not score was really really surprising, but you know, I think it was a very it was a good game. It delivered on what people expected. Even that was just the disappointment of the first 20 to 30 minutes where it was all Arsenal and Liverpool were just so bad. I think after that period, if, when Liverpool scored two, I was thinking Arsenal were going to run away with this game, and Liverpool really made sure that they so they didn't they made sure that they regained control, but Liverpool did not really. They didn't really take control of this game like they should. They didn't start well. They were asleep for like the first, for majority of the first half, and then they came back to life. And the way they ended the first half was already made me feel like yes, we're not gonna lose the game because the second half came back in. And then Trent, Trent, the someone like a player like Trent, you're, since we already know the blueprint on how Liverpool, how he's supposed to be utilized, get a proper midfield that presses, that really works hard to grind and get to the positions, then Trent can be this free guy, right? Liverpool don't have that midfield now. So as long as that doesn't ha- as long as that is the problem, they will always begin to suffer. They will, they will always suffer from that wing. And that's why I believe you know Trent currently that's the problem I think they currently have with Trent. Because he was still providing good crosses. I mean he was probably could have assisted the goal. I think he, he, did he assist the goal if I remember correctly? And, but he was still providing dangerous crosses into the box. He was still good putting in good passes. So he was still productive in the game. So if they they, they might probably you know, look to fixing that problem maybe in the summer, but we'll see how they they fix it. But the midfield is still something they have to do. And um, people dismiss this trend. I, I, if you understand the way he plays and the way he performs, I think people will just probably have to just stop. We get it is poor defensively. We just poor defensively. We know that it's not like it's a discovery. It's a magic discovery or anything. We know that offensively he's much better. So 
let's just take it where we see it and you know we'll see how Liverpool see if they can fix that problem you know but that's it for, on that on that point but now Arsenal fans were saying that they were happy about the draw I mean Liverpool fans were really disappointed but they said they're happy about the draw which is very surprising because for starters if you are if Man City are the team you are chasing you you should not be drawing any match or you are being chased by them you should not be drawing any game let me just make this let's, this is a fact if Man City win all their remaining matches they win the league that's motivation for them first of all and a lot of Master fans may say well um, they can't go on a straight on winning on winning all the match on a winning streak a straight nine game winning streak do you really believe that listen it's not impossible it's not like it's impossible for them to drop points I'm saying that going on paper and where they've gone in the last few seasons it is very possible for them to do that and yes okay fine let's say oh um the game the game the um, they don't do themselves this season well in the last few matches i've been seeing them score goals for fun so they scored seven against leipzig in the champions league scored six against Burnley in Champions League. scored four against Southampton recently that is not a team that looks like a team that's finding its rhythm recently now they're looking more ruthless than earlier and obviously they were ruthless stars, but they are, they are having that they are ruthless version back again and you're telling me with a straight face that you do not believe that you should be scared um, also, let's must they have a game in hand 29 they play 29 games that's not play 30 uh must they have they are six points behind my arsenal so if they win their game in hand and they have arsenal have to come to the m to, to etihad which is a which is different from rest of yourself because once they are home, have a better home advantage, very good home advantage, right? I mean, if they win those matches, they go back top. They have better goal. I think they have a better goal difference. So they win when they go top. So psychologically, I don't think it's a good idea to drop points when you have Manchester chasing you. That was, that was it's just the truth. Liverpool fans will know first time. Liverpool fans here who are watching the game as they know that it's not a good idea to drop points against anybody if you are chasing Manchester. You have to win your matches. You have to win all your games. Liverpool got 97 points and didn't win the league. That is, in any season, that somebody will win that league in any other season. Liverpool, Liverpool are the only ones that got 97 points and didn't win the league. Let, let that sink in. <laughs> let that sink in. <laughs> let that sink in, okay? But that's, that's my, my take on that. But I, I'm shocked. And uh, Liverpool, that's not as always forget that there were two goals up. They threw away two goal lead. That, that's what they should always remember. I know they will say, well, Anfield is a very tough game to go to. So even if you it's not something you can just ignore. That is a fact that is staring at you in the face, you know. But you know, that's my my thoughts on that one. It's actually gonna get more interesting as we will see. Cause um obviously you know I'm rooting for Mansi for the rest of the season. Everybody knows that it's pretty obvious. <laughs> pretty obvious I'm rooting for the rest of the season. Um I think Arsenal play against West Ham next weekend. I think Mansi play against them. I think they play against it's a winnable game for Mansi, I remember if I remember correctly. I can't remember the exact team. Must they play against? But I think it's Leicester. I think it's Leicester. So it's a winnable game, and um, we'll see how that fan. And Leicester haven't looked good. They lost their last game one nil to. Or they are giving weekend one nil to um to um a bit um billions goal from for Bournemouth to bomb lost their last game to Bournemouth. So it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna be on the lookout to see how that that game pans out. Yeah, but. Overall, I think it's it was a pretty good game for a neutral. If you're a neutral, obviously I, w- I was not a neutral in that game. I was anti-Arsenal, so I wasn't a neutral in that game at all. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on that one. And top four race, it's up. Man United and Newcastle won their games, respective matches. Man United winning the game against Everton two 0 and then, which is not a good good return, good for Everton's relegation uh, fight. But I think they are quite safe in a safe spot. I think their teams are worse than Everton. You know, but 
or they have played worse than Everton. So Everton might look like they might think they might be safe. So I know so there are games where they might and they might look at the game against Man and say, well, we're not gonna win this game. This is probably one of the games they put on their bonus and say we're gonna win. They, they have games they are targeting and probably not that one. It's probably one they will look at as a bonus, but they lost 2-0 and then Mayans has with six points, holding out their position. Newcastle win their game also 2-1. Come back from one goal to beat bomb Brentford 2-1. So I think um top four race is looking where it is. And listen, people will say, well, sports, well, why are you celebrating Liverpool to win? I don't care about top four. I've, I will say it again for the umpteen time. Top four doesn't excite me anymore. It's not a trophy. One. Two, it's not um, It's not like in the summer comes. So when Champions League, let's get these players to challenge. We don't do that. So what's the point of the top four? It's just more of a financial, you know, money maker. And it hopefully makes no sense to me. I'm just not not looking for, I'm just not, it's not my thing. You know, it's just not me. That's just my take on that, you know. But yeah, that's that's it. And um, I think that's this episode. I think that's my thoughts on um, my thoughts on the weekend matches. Obviously, a lot of it involved, you know, the big six and title race and the top four. Um, we'll see about that. Oh, quick before I go, also, I'll talk about touches simply. Um, Brighton getting an apology from the Premier League again. I don't think that that makes any sense. What's the apology going to do? You know, are you going to give them points? Now you're going to give them goals. So what's the point? Oh, people are saying you should replay the game. I like replay the game. I don't understand how many games of awful of cheating. We have, to replay, we have to replay every single match if we have to go by that logic. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. Have a nice week. Um, enjoy the rest of the holiday and um, bye.